Hey listeners, it's Joel, and today we've got a mini-episode for you. Uh, if you listened to our episode earlier this week, um, where we discussed toys and how they are made uh, with special guest Jason Geyer from Toy Otter, you probably heard us uh, mentioning some Indiana Jones talk that was edited out of that episode. We were having such a good time uh, chatting that we had about 30 minutes worth of content where we were talking about uh, the Young Indie TV series and the new movie coming out, of course. Uh, so, in honor of the latest and last Indiana Jones movie in theaters now, Dial of Destiny, uh, we figured we'd drop this little... Uh, mini episode uh, to whet your appetite and tide us over until we have a new episode next week. So sit back, enjoy uh, this 30-minute mini episode when we're talking about all things Indiana Jones. You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Round one, fight! Can't we do our own secret shows? All our shows are secret shows. And we have the tools, we have the talent! You have to use so many cuss words. Let's go! Ooh, yeah! I was at the bookstore today and grabbed some stuff for the kids and just going down, you know, I, I like my sci-fi books and came across some of the uh, the old Indiana Jones novels from the 90s. And uh, oh, there man. was one, it was Indiana Jones and the Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? I think I think I need to bring that home and put it next to my, my wife's Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone book. Interesting. <laughs> just be like, who did it better? What? Hey, there you there go. What go. is it? I, I just got this off eBay. So I guess nice. this came out when crystal skull came out maybe i think oh, yeah. it's got crystal skull but you mean the best one joe please <laughs> okay. don't embarrass me in front of our guest the, the only reason i got it is i saw i had seen this on a pinterest or somewhere so it oh, took wow. forever to track down what it's from but it has That's awesome these great uh iso- no these aren't quite isometric yeah, diorama yeah. Yeah, of, of all the pitfalls from all the movies. Nice. That's so you can awesome. kind of see the layout of the temples and stuff. I love that. That's so cool. So it's neat. It's just kind of like a weird little encyclopedia, but it but it actually goes through all the comic stories, all the you know, like one page will cover here's ten years worth of comic story. That's so fun, man. I I love stuff like that. And is it kind of like in chronological order where uh you know it goes from young indie yeah. to uh yes. I guess where we are now is this. It, yeah, I think it it touches on the young indie series. I tried to rewatch some of those Uh-oh. because now they're on Disney Plus. Oh, are they? So, some of those are hard to watch. Yeah, Un- until you get to like the Sean Patrick Flannery stuff, then you're like, yeah. all right, this is starting to feel a little bit more like the tone match. What a surprise! Uh, George Lucas has trouble directing children. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna say you will. the The credits on these are insane. Yeah. I mean, it really is like. Uh, you know, Darabont and mm-hmm. tons and tons of actors now like Daniel Craig. and Oh, uh, Jeffrey Wright, I believe uh, I first discovered on an episode of Young Indy Jones. Jeffrey Wright is, is fantastic. He plays Sidney Bechet. Yeah. Uh, that's actually probably one of the better episodes. It's, it's, yeah, that's one of the best. That was one of those uh, special two-hour mini-movies, right? They did a few of those. Well, no. So here's what it is. No. <laughs> You're wrong, Joel. <laughs> you had the young... In, well, because again, I'm a little older than you guys. So I was of the age where I had aged out of something like that, but mm. I was still nerdy enough to want to sit and watch them. If that makes sense, because yeah. I was in college when they came out. We're not dissimilar in age, I think, the three of us. Well, I'm like 10 years older than you. Well, all right. Yeah. So it's enough <laughs> of a, enough of a, it's all the same stuff, but just the, the viewpoint. True. So, um, Jesus, Joel, let him finish the story. When you guys came, <laughs> came of age, it was more accepted. Let's just say that. That's a good point. Yes. I will, I will, I will grant you that. So anyway, it was, it was the young Indiana, Indiana Jones Chronicles and, 
George Lucas wanted to make an educational TV show. And so they went back and forth between him as a little kid and him as Sean Patrick Flannery. Mm -hmm. And in every episode, it's centered around a historical event where he Mm -hmm. meets a lot of historical people. Oh, yeah. It doesn't make for the most exciting (laughs) stories because they try to shoehorn action in and stuff. And it's very TV show budget. And he was trying out all the stuff that he'd use on Phantom Menace and everything Mm -hmm. where how can I just stretch this budget like crazy? A lot of green screen, you know, and I have all these directors and all these writers. So it's it. it, And it's funny. There's not that much green screen, but there is a ton of like uh, set extension where they can or duplicating things. And you'll see the camera will just suddenly lock off (laughs) and then all this stuff happens and then it's moving again. But, but it feels very TV show. And they had the the bookends, which I'm sure you've seen with the, the oh, yeah. George Hall, the old, like ninety three year old with Indiana Jones, the, with the eye patch. Oh, I just realized that that's the, the eye patch. yeah, that's the latest Indy Jones we see. Oh, I wonder if we'll see him. I uh, see how he loses the eye in this. Uh, well, cat. <laughs> What's really crazy is Harrison Ford's almost that age. I know um, he looks nothing like the guy they cast in those. Films. And it took place like in 1992, <laughs> like where right. they're fudging Ford's age. Yeah, they were saying Indy is. You know, yeah. in his 90s, yeah. in like 1990. Wow. And they're ter- they're like bad comedy. It's, it's just the weirdest thing where he's just this get off my lawn character. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, Although, you know, not dissimilar from uh, Harrison Ford's attitude uh, today, I would argue. No, no, not really. What happened was when they, I think the second year... Mm-hmm. When the ratings came back oh, no. and they were okay, but not great, uh, they got rid of the little kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it became all Sean Patrick Flannery. Jake Lloyd Light. They tried to make it more exciting, more adventurous, mm-hmm. but still the same thing. And that's when you got like the special episode with Harrison Ford, yeah. which is the one with Jeffrey Wright. Oh, um, that's right, because it bookends, yeah, where he's getting the saxophone at the end, right? Yeah, yeah. it bookends him with Such the saxophone. So you've got, like, Louis Armstrong and Sidney Bechet mm-hmm. and Elliot Ness. And oh, right. it's like everybody in Chicago in the <laughs> yes. 20s who could be there uh-huh. pops into this episode. It's really bizarre. It's like a multiverse. Indiana Jones multiverse. Yeah, and they're all friends, by the way. They're all buddies. Oh, they're all, like, yeah. college all buddies. All historical figures know each other. That's a We all know that. So that was all kind of weird. So what <laughs> happened is... It had two seasons, got canceled for the third season. They had like all the third season or most of it written and ready to go. And ABC was like, nope, too expensive. It's not doesn't have the ratings. Uh, So they canceled it. Who would we have met in the subsequent episodes? What historical figures? It Joan of Arc or uh, Amelia Earhart. Joan of Arc. Uh, I mean, you can look it up. They've got like a list because they were going chronologically. So at a certain point, you do have this huge gap from the show of like 1926 until 1936 when you see Harrison Ford. Yeah. Um, But anyway, so what happened was a year or so later, Mm -hmm. George Lucas repackaged them all as two hour movies. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's what happened. So he cut out a lot of stuff. And they edited two somewhat similar <laughs> one-hour shows. <laughs> Interesting. So if you watch these now, those two-hour yeah. movies have a very distinct first half and second half because it's really two different episodes they they crammed together. Is that how they've released them? Then they haven't put the individual episodes. You can only see them as a smushed-together movie. Yeah, and they so they took out the old guy. They took <sighs> out old Indy. Oh no! And they smushed together. What? So all of the young, the little kid 
is now where it would go back and forth between him mm-hmm. at like 10 and him at 17 yeah. or whatever it was. It's like the Godfather. Now too. it's all little kid episodes and then older indie and episodes. older indie episodes. They, they took out the young rock element. So <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's but I, I watched two of them, two of the movies yeah. and it was no. tough. Like he's doing stuff with Thomas Edison and <laughs> uh, I cut around what a life. Indiana Jones. I, I love that he did nothing but interact with interesting like historical figures like he was never just like yeah. it's just some normal everyday Joe like that he just kind of ran across and yeah. well and it's got Henry Jones throughout the thing his dad uh, which is a guy kind of playing Sean, Sean Connery, Connery really. I don't remember that as an old man as a young man like he's not acting like James Bond he's acting like 60 year old Sean Connery as a 20 year old. The women just want to keep talking, so I hit them. Uh, <laughs> because they just can't let it go. I love that quote from him. The 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 punchline is yes, I'd recommend it highly. <laughs> no, I, I remember really enjoying them. And uh, yeah, I, I, I would take, after Last Crusade, I uh, couldn't get enough indie. So even if it was uh, yeah, low quality made for TV, oh, yeah, uh, for a, sure. a prepubescent Indiana Jones. Huh? Yeah, Mystery of the yeah. Blues is one of the better ones. Uh, I think one's called Attack of the Hawkmen. Oh, which yeah. is also one of the better ones. I think that's the one Daniel Craig. What about the one where he's like uh, on Broadway with, uh, um, who's the musical composer? That's the one that he just talked about. I thought the... No, it's a different no. one. No. Oh. Mystery, Mystery of the Blues of- is Chicago. Oh, okay. So that's all like jazz and and Capone and crime. Yeah, th- this episode had like Anne Heche. You know <laughs> the one I'm talking about? Oh, I'm sure. No, no, yeah, the one where, he's, uh, where he does the, the musical. He's working for... Uh, who's the famous composer? Yeah. Symphony yeah. in Blue or whatever. Uh, Gershwin. He's working with Gershwin. Gershwin, thank and you. And it, it's Gershwin, got yeah. like Busby Berkeley stuff and everything. Yeah. <laughs> right? And the Broadway, because they're putting on like, I don't know, Gold Diggers in 1925. Something like something. that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I remember that being a really good one, too. <laughs> I wish it was Starlight Express. Yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> much that would be way too current, <laughs> but it would be great to see him on roller skates. So now it's Young Indiana <laughs> Jones Adventures, I think, or the Adventures oh, of Young Indiana of Jones. So they drop the Chronicles. The Chronic what? Calls kind of, of thing. So. Narnia. <laughs> oh, uh, so that's what it is. So Attack of the Hawkman has uh, Anthony Daniels in it. Oh, what? oh what a Daniels surprise. Return to a Lucasfilm property? <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> he was. He found the time. He's, but he's so good at like just branching out and separating himself from George Lucas. Yeah. Oh, and it says Clint Eastwood was approached to play the elder brother of Indiana Jones, but turned it down despite a $10 million wow. offer. I'm going to say that wasn't true for an ABC TV show that no. had a very limited budget. Yeah, that's a lot. Although I could see that. That's, uh, that's kind of crazy. Clint Eastwood is, as Indiana Jones' older brother. Here's some of the directors. Frank Darabont, wow. Nicholas Rogue, which is surprising. Uh, Mike Newell, wow. Man. Joe Johnson, Jonathan Hensley, Terry Jones, Simon Winsor, uh, Carrie Fisher. Oh, that was the drug addiction episode. <laughs> Where a young Indy goes through his uh, heroin phase, chasing the drug. Young Indy goes to rehab. Yeah. <laughs> so most episodes, Lucas did the story and then handed it off to writers to flesh out. Which, which is for the best. That's that's, yeah. Yeah. that's how you're going to get peak George Lucas. Yeah. Sure. Well, I, I am excited. I, I'm a little disappointed about this new one because uh, I found out just recently that Spielberg wasn't directing, which yeah. doesn't seem right. You didn't know um, that? That was one of the first things that came out about it. I must have missed that tidbit when they released it. Uh, I just heard, hey, new Indiana Jones 5 uh, coming in 2020. I think at the time they were aiming for a 2022 release, but here we are, 2023. Um, and I didn't hear anything about the director at the time and then just found out a couple of months ago when they started. When I'm, wow. I'm seeing it yeah. everywhere now. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, I mean, he didn't really direct Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, so you would just imagine that. Oh, really? Oh, because George Lucas, he, oh, he was there. Oh. <laughs> he, was, he was there, but I wouldn't say he, was he counting money directed <laughs> Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. He felt he a little was, checked out. He was like, yeah. Jesus, Harrison, I'm busy. Leave me alone. Just counting <laughs> his money behind the camera. Yeah. When, when the director says he doesn't want to leave the United States and be away from his family for an Indiana mm. Jones movie, yeah. that's not mm. a good sign. Yeah, you felt that. You felt that on the screen too. You were just like, "Oh, this thing's yeah. so oh, yeah. narrow in scope." Those uh, CG monkeys, yep. unfortunate. I'm not sure if uh, they've repeated that in this one. Hopefully, uh, James... uh, I've heard. I think this one's pretty globetrotty. Yeah. Have you guys seen the Flash? Not yet. Yes. Okay, so I I've heard it's basically like the Flash movie in that if you mm. go in with no expectations, oh. <laughs> it's it well it's it's a, it's a fine movie. It's serviceable. It's fine. Yeah, you know that's true. I'll take it. I, I, I went in with zero expectations on that one and walked away like, okay, that was all right. Yeah, I mean it's it's good. I've heard it is better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Well, not as good as the original yeah. trilogy. That's tough, man. Yeah. Wow, even the uh, Temple of Doom. <laughs> Look, oh, dude, Temple of Doom is a good movie. You got to leave that alone. Temple of Doom is fun. See, I, well, it's funny, Joel. We we are on the same page. It's always been my least favorite over the years. I think it's, everybody's it's grown. No, mm -hmm. man, I have friends who that is their absolute favorite. They will die on that hill. Don't understand. They think that. it's the best thing ever. Yeah, I, don't, now, I will say I don't understand that one either. But I, I don't think it's a horrible movie right. from no, a design standpoint and a set piece standpoint. Yeah. It should have been a much better movie than it was. Yeah. Kind of like a, like a crystal skull type of thing where I think the creativity was in there and the spark was in there and the mm -hmm. execution was just kind of all over the map. On, on paper, <laughs> crystal skull works. No, but I've told you this before too, Joel. Like I think Temple of Doom is it's it harkens to me. It harkens more back to like those serial adventure films yeah. than Raiders of the Lost yeah. Ark did. True. Raiders of the Lost Ark just had a much stronger script. And, and have you guys seen Gunga Din? Yes. Can't say I have. It, it's, a, it's basically a sequel to, Gung, to Gunga Din. Oh. Mm -hmm. So Gunga Din, 1939, I want to say. Uh. Maybe 37, 38, somewhere around there. But it's late 30s. Uh, Cary Grant, Victor McLaughlin, mm. Douglas Fairbanks Jr. A rough mirror of the plot of Temple of Doom. Really? Without yeah. the, the, the... Well, I mean, it's... They're British soldiers in india and uh the tuggy cult yeah the duggies has a temple that they discover and they want to get the riches out of it all right and then they're beset by the cult and they're kidnapped and they're in there with the, and the leader is basically mola ram i mean go yeah. look up the pictures he's without the headdress he's basically the exact same character that's awesome there's a creepy old man that tells them yeah. you are good to pink cut palace <laughs> he loves it fights <laughs> Malinga. And bring back to bring us. back to <laughs> bring, bring back, back to us. So yeah, it's it's <laughs> love that guy. Uh, yeah, you watch it and you'll does, be like, does it also have the hearts being ripped out of people's uh, rib cages and the uh, child torture? They, they vaguely talk about it. They don't have children in it, of course. Yeah, not mm. Spielberg film, so well, no children. Go. They do have an elephant. <laughs> they do have the rope bridge. All right, I'm there for it. Um, I mean, I, I do forgive Temple of Doom enough f because of the moment. It has a, while well, overall, I, I can't say I'm a huge fan of that particular adventure, um, but yeah. it has enough individual moments that really stuck with me where I, I forgave it. I think like yeah. in, in the big, the big 
sticking point for a lot of people too is the Kate Capshaw character. As much as people yeah. complain about kid sidekicks, then there's like <laughs> the screamy, whiny, like female yeah. stereotype, the damsel in distress. She is not a strong female uh, heroine no. <laughs> at all. No. And, you know, it's it's a shame because she starts off with this really killer like uh, musical number. Sequence. I love that it's opening amazing. that mm-hmm. opening number to that movie. And I think it's so cool. And we get like her smart ass attitude from that mm-hmm. beginning with Lao Che, and then she just kind of devolves from that it's point. Gold digger. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Especially coming after Marianne or Marion. Well, well, it's interesting because they said that was that was it <laughs> that they didn't want to repeat Marion. So what's the well, opposite? Mission accomplished. And yeah, yeah, that's that's what they went with. I will even go on record and say that I think Kate Capshaw is a good actress. It's just Temple of Doom is not her shining moment. Yes, best defense right there with you. Yeah, all the way up here. That's a, that's a joke. If you guys, I saw Best Defense in the theater. It's one of the worst movies ever oh. made. I'm surprised you haven't covered uh, that. that. Uh, no, that is a deep cut. No, we we abandoned that concept. Best Defense came out the year of Temple of Doom. So, of course, I had to see it because Cape Capshaw was in it and she Cape was going to be in this Indiana Jones movie, right? She was oh, so you were, you, were, you were talent scouting. It's, <laughs> you were scouting. You just ignored Dreamscape. She, I actually have never seen Dreamscape. Yes, I did ignore it. Um, Whoa, that's so good, man. <laughs> but it's Dudley Moore and Cape Capshaw no. where he's a tank designer and everything goes wrong with the tank. And the movie tested so badly take humor and with with that with that elevator I'm, pitch how could it have gone so wrong i'm trying to think <laughs> it's it's one of those 80s movies supposed to be a comedy and there's absolutely nothing funny about it nothing so it's not it, yeah. it is a comedy without laughs there's and, so many of those <laughs> so i think it was paramount but one of the studios apparently either eddie murphy owed them a picture <laughs> or they backed a truck of money up to eddie murphy's door hmm. and they filmed 20 or 30 minutes of him as a tank commander <laughs> testing Dudley Moore's tank. Uh-huh. Just to use in the trailers. And everything goes wrong. And it looks like they just told Eddie ad lib for 30 minutes. Wow. <laughs> and then they intercut it throughout the movie and they put him on the poster. So and it is, That's how you do it. There's not a single scene with Dudley Moore and Kate Capshaw and Eddie Murphy together. Yeah. I don't think there's a single scene of him not in the tank. You can probably, I'm sure you can look it up on YouTube. And nothing Eddie Murphy is doing is funny either. <laughs> oh, no. And it's, oh, no. So money well spent. It's like him now. <laughs> it's like Eddie oh, Murphy come now. On. A brutal, <laughs> brutal film. Anyway, my summer Kate Capshaw did not go well. No. <laughs> well, this is going to be a uh, uh, an intro that I was going to record to test the quality, but we've been going for 20 minutes and uh, I kind of feel good about it. Uh, <laughs> to wrap up the Indiana Jones talk, though, um, I mm-hmm. have been seeing a lot of advertising. Disney Plus put out a little featurette the other day that uh, I was like, all right, I got three minutes of time. I'm kind of curious about it. Uh, and I walked away with the feeling that I want to see this in theaters. I don't want to wait for yeah. home with this one. I'll, I'm going to go see it in theaters and I don't see much in theaters. Yeah, I'm excited about this. I saw Avatar in theaters and I think that was the last thing I saw before that was Doctor Strange. And I only saw Avatar because my yeah. buddy works on that and oh, the nice. 3D. And he kept telling me, well, he wanted me to, he wanted my, my reaction. So I couldn't oh. like, that was that was a fairly unpiratable, unpiratable yeah. film. 
Yeah. So mm-hmm. out of necessity, he went to a so, theater. And saw yeah. It. It, and, and he was like, duress. what do you think of the 3D? So it was kind yeah. of like, oh, I need to go see this. But there was six people in the theater. So it was a very enjoyable experience. <laughs> and the 3D was absolutely the mo- the reason to see that movie. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Un- oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable in terms of you forget you're watching 3D. It just it just becomes wow. like this immersive thing where almost nothing is in your face, but just has a as this nice smooth depth to it and then i was mm-hmm. telling joel joe that was balanced out by every five seconds me wanting to murder james cameron for switching the frame rate non-stop throughout the entire so distracting. film yeah oh yeah i heard they had done that with some of the hobbit movies and and that alone made me not want to watch them in that, that did yeah it, it was jarring in the first one it was all the way through. the hobbit it was it was all the way through it was terrible but it was all the way through this was yeah like shot reverse shot would have different frame rates and they're not yeah. even it's not even action scene you're just like why are you doing <laughs> this yeah it drives me crazy oh yeah, no, yeah. like just sully and his family sitting around like you yeah. know the campfire or whatever and it's like what, what what's happening <laughs> why why is this going on like <laughs> really really bad all right. Well, that was that's been our Indiana Jones episode. Thanks for listening. I, that in. was that was pretty good. Yeah. That's, that's our bonus episode. <laughs> as a, as an aside, because uh, yeah. in case you can't tell, I, I like Indiana Jones also. Um, yeah, I do have a, a good chunk of the unproduced scripts. So if you guys have never seen them and you want to see them, read them because they are very very interesting. Like oh, yeah. uh, all of the films, or are you talking specifically about that Darabont script that was that was meant to be part four? I've got City of the Gods, which is the Darabont script. There you go. Yeah. I've got Indiana Jones and the Saucerman from Mars, which is the Jeb Stewart <laughs> script from 95. It's the guy that wrote Die Hard. Um, oh. Or Lethal Weapon? Die Hard. One of them. Uh, What's the difference? I think that was Lethal Weapon. What's the difference? <laughs> and then... How dare you? <laughs> and then, uh, oh, no, no. He wrote Fugitive. He wrote the fugitive. Ah, okay. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why he was hot coming off the fugitive, and Ford liked him. So he he wrote it. it, and that one's really weird. You're you're you could read that and say, "Holy shit!" There's so much of Crystal Skull in this, but it's a completely different film. Oh no. Um, no. And then there's, oh, I think I've got a Raiders early draft that has like thirty percent of Temple of Doom in it. Oh, so all wow. the stuff they cut. So what happened in almost every movie is they develop these scripts because George would have just tons and tons of ideas. Mm. And if you haven't seen the story conference for Raiders, that's just unbelievable. I'll dig that up too. Cause that's an amazing read. It's Spielberg, Lucas and Kasdan sitting in a room for two hours telling Kasdan about it for the first time. <laughs> and everything in the movie is in there. And then you also have, and it's, it's great, too, especially uh, if you're like me, a George Lucas defender uh, or a George Basher, to, to give you an idea. Every 95% of the good ideas are all George. Everything is relatively fully formed, and Kasdan oh, will bounce oh. off. And then almost everything that comes out of Spielberg's mouth is total nonsense. <laughs> and it's like 1941-era Spielberg oh, no. saying things like, the Nazi has to have a mechanical arm and a robotic eye. And of course he liked making movies like he's just, well, yeah, it is constantly like George is doing, yeah. we're going to do serials and we're yeah. going to do Zorro and Spielberg's like, yeah, yeah. Like flash Gordon. Right. 
<laughs> like there's going to be a rocket ship. No, no. <laughs> but it is it is weird because he's just so crazy over the top. And then George will, will be like, no, no, mm. maybe not. And then just move on. <laughs> and that just happens over and over and over throughout this conversation. It's just uh, Spielberg doing little key bumps. <laughs> <before> talking. <laughs> so that's fun. But oh, and then, and then we'll have a rocket ship and then some mashed potatoes. And yes. uh, it means something. <laughs> but so there's a lot of Temple of Doom in that movie. And then there were two scripts for Indiana Jones three, and I only have one of them, which is uh, Indiana Jones and the Monkey King, <laughs> and that was written by Chris Columbus. Oh, oh God! Okay. And I'm sure, it was great. So there's a chunk of Last Crusade in it's it about a young Indiana Jones. His family goes on vacation. They leave him at home. <laughs> well, it's I would watch that. Like it starts off in a haunted house or a haunted castle, mm. like with ghosts and stuff. <laughs> And then they go to Africa and like he rides a rhino. So, so it's got the whole last crusade tank chase, right? Oh, really? Except he's not on a horse. He's on a rhino and it's in the middle of the African jungle. Oh my God. And then at the end, this monkey God comes to life oh, no. to give him eternal life from eating from the garden of peaches, mm. something like that. Like he eats a peach or something and it, so it's like it's it is like kind of like the same Holy Grail stuff, yeah. just crazy, just, yeah, just crazy, <laughs> coked out of his mind, crazy. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. Um. But I'll 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 dig those up and I'll send them your way because they're fun reads. Oh my god, yes. We we need to have we do need to have a dedicated Indiana Jones episode. I guess. I think we, this is it. Because, <laughs> I know, right? Do you still want to do toys? Because like we could just we could dive into this thing. But to wrap up the uh, the Indiana Jones talk, yeah, I I am excited about seeing it. I think I'm going to see it in theaters. And I was uh, impressed by the little clip that Disney Plus had. Uh, it was like a, a little, not quite a making of vignette, but they showed a little uh, scene. And uh, I guess, I don't know Phoebe Waller-Bridger from, is that what it is? Phoebe Bridger-Waller? Phoebe. Puppy yeah. Baby Monkey? Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> what I, you think, said. I think that was close. Okay. Uh, but she seemed charming. And uh, India, the one thing that's consistent with Harrison Ford, um, you know, he's, he's cantankerous. But uh, anytime he has anything to do with Indiana Jones, I think he always says that's one of his favorite roles. And he'll, he'll jump at it. Uh, and he did. And yeah. You can kind of see that life back in him. In a few of these clips. Well, it's a, a little bit of what you saw in The Force Awakens yeah. with his Han Solo that was just a, a delight. Uh, if you've if you've never seen the show Shrinking, you've got to check that out. Like this yeah, is you were talking about that somebody harnessing like what's the best about him, uh, especially now in his life and kind of putting that on the screen. It's really well done. I think they just had a bag of weed for him off stage. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. That got him in the door. Somebody found the secret sauce. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was that movie he did with Rachel McAdams? It was he was like a news broadcaster or whatever, uh, a morning show guy. Morning Glory. It was so horrendous. Yeah. It was so bad. I saw that in the theater. Mm -hmm. Did you say why? Mm -hmm. Took my mom. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. She didn't enjoy it either. <laughs> it was that and Hollywood Homicide were so. I remember just distinctly oh. those two movies that made me not want to see Harrison Ford in a movie theater ever again. Hollywood Homicide. You're it, it, So I was living in L.A. when that came out. And mm -hmm. so I saw that in theaters because it was filmed like literally in half the places I, I passed on my way to work every day. You know, in the Venice Canals, which were right by where I lived and everything. And mm -hmm. even even having that kind of I'm I'm looking for landmarks the whole time. It was still an incredibly tough sit. Yeah, that movie. Yeah. 
<laughs> really those those are the scripts you're just like what did did they just really give you a lot of money yeah. because i can't understand why you picked the script out of a pile of scripts right like who who did you owe that, yeah. that you got yeah. you got involved in that project it's really bad really really bad and you've never seen that joel i did actually say i caught part of that most of that in a hotel oh. randomly which is exactly where you should see that movie like if you're going to watch it at all <laughs> you can give that amount of attention to it while you're brushing your teeth on your way out the door and uh, i think you you, you, you get go. the best of that film yeah not impressed yeah, I don't know if you've if you've been wandering the toy aisles, Joel. Oh, but uh, some stores have been uh, been putting out the reissues of the Indiana Jones action figures that came out back in the eighties. Yeah, the Raiders of the Lost they? Ark figures. I don't remember them producing uh, Temple of Doom or um, Last Crusade, but apparently this new line has them, which is fine. I mean, that's great. But I remember walking down the aisles, and that was like the one toy I never had with all my Star Wars action figures and my G.I. Joes and all this stuff. I would see those Indiana Jones ones at Toys R Us, and my dad would just be like, no, you don't need it. I was like, okay. I'd kind of like <laughs> it. No, Joe, you don't need it. You got Han Solo. You're right, Dad. I've got Han Same Solo. Actor. I don't need this. Just put um, a hat on him. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but yeah, like a whole lot of cool nostalgia. So yeah, we'll, we're looking forward to to that movie, and and I'm looking forward to hopefully sharing that half hour conversation we just had. But uh, oh wait, did we ever did we ever get into why Indiana Jones? We never saw the production of the other. No, I will. If you want to go full circle, I'll give you that. Let's, yeah, let's. We'll end the we'll end that the episode thing. on that. Way to bookend it, Joe. Okay, so. Uh, so Indiana Jones in general is kind of a weird thing because uh, Star Wars, massive hit. Jaws, massive hit. Close Encounters, you know, big hit. Mm -hmm. um, so George Lucas, Steven Spielberg bring their new property to like every studio and they get turned down at every studio. Wow. <laughs> it, partly because they, you know, said we want all the rights ourselves. You're basically going to be the distributor. You're uh. going to put up the money for it. We're going to control this. Um, and uh, Michael Eisner at Paramount was the one that took the 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 bait and said, "Yeah, okay, I just want to be in business with you guys. Mm -hmm. No one wow. thinks this 1930s thing is going to do any business, but who cares?" And it was a tighter budget. I think they basically said, "We'll make it for this much," mm -hmm. and uh, you know, Lucas held Spielberg to a, a tight budget, and it worked out. But then on the same lines. You know, they they went to Kenner and everything and said, we have this new movie come out. And they're like, 1930s adventurer. Who wants to buy toys of that? Yeah. And uh, and I just found this out relatively recently. Again, you go to my Instagram. I did like months and months worth, like a post a day of unproduced toys and the stories behind them. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool. So I have a number of Raiders ones in there, Indiana Jones. But the, the bottom line is in, Raiders Lost Art came out summer of 81, right? Mm -hmm. nothing merchandise wise came out in 1981 <laughs> the movie's a huge hit kenner has nothing for christmas of 81 no, so no. they come out with the 12 inch figure mm -hmm. which is a han solo with new clothes huh. oh my so God. it's the exact same figure as han solo 12 inch with new clothes so if you go look it up the face is the same everything's the same um and two parker brothers board games I think that's it. Maybe one board game. But that's all they came out with with Christmas for 81. Then they go into production of the toys. So by end of summer in 82, they come out with four figures. It is on solo. Okay, it is. You see it? Yeah, I see. That's the big figure. That's so bad. Right. So 
it looks like actually I think October of 82 is when the figures finally come out over a year after the movies come out for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And it's Indiana Jones, <laughs> Marion. It looks like a hobo. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's really weird. That hat is really <laughs> strange. Of course, that's worth a ton of money now. Um, oh, I'm sure. And uh, Tote and Arab Swordsman. So they come out with four <laughs> figures and that's the entire line for the year after the movie came out. Right. <laughs> and then the next year they come out with the other four figures, which is Belloc, whatever. And then they have a mail away Belloc. Um, and they had a, the, the truck and a bunch of play sets and all of this. But it's crazy that most of this stuff didn't arrive until 1983. Man. Wow. And so because I'm looking at ads I found in the newspaper for June 1984, they're still advertising Raiders of the Lost Ark Kenner toys. And in the exact same ad, they've got a Temple of Doom storybook. So they were still introducing <laughs> Raiders toys and they didn't make that many. Um, so they didn't sell well. They came out way too late. There was no push, no merchandise. So when Temple of Doom came around, you know, Kenner basically said, we can't get rid of the stock we have. Like we're having to close this stuff out at like 50 cents. Because uh, no one, no one's buying it. Like no, nothing's out there. So LJN made Indiana Jones, uh, Mola Ram, and a, a thuggy guard, and they're just giant, weird, clunky figures. Wow! And they designed a short round, a minecart, and a willy that never got made. That that uh. the, so their entire line is three figures that didn't sell. Man. And then Last Crusade came around and everyone said, we don't want to make it a thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> We're not going so down that path again. There's no nope. video games. There's no board games. There's like a comic adaptation, I think, for Last Crusade. And that's it. If that, I don't even know if Marvel did comics for it. It was just like nothing. Man. Well, they, I know they ended up doing a couple of NES adaptations of Last Crusade. Well, that was... That was ab way after the fact. Right. Yep. So in the early 90s... They came out with this with they came out with Star Wars Return of the or Empire and Return of the Jedi, Super Star Wars, Super Empire for the Super NES. Uh-huh. So that was the big thing of the side scrollers. Because mm -hmm. I played it that in college like yeah. crazy. And then they had Adventures of Indiana Jones, and it's all three movies in the side scroller. So you the have style. to get through each movie stage. And I can still hear the music in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was an accurate wow. representation of the John Williams thing. Yeah, that's. I mean, you know what the the Star Wars those games are pretty good. Yeah, the digitized music for those games are really good. They're pretty good. Um, that's so funny to me that like such a at least such an influential franchise for me growing up could be such an albatross as far as marketing goes. Yeah. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.